0: Hello there. Welcome back for another Bible study series Uh, lesson tonight on our Remaining in Christ as What and studying on who we are in Christ. Tonight's topic is one called We Are Sheep in God's Flock. Yep, we're sheep. And we're going to start off tonight with some prayer and then we're going to get into this very interesting I found this fascinating as I studied and put this series together here. This was one of my favorite ones um, in researching it, because it really opens up a lot of things when you see why we're called sheep. Why does God call us sheep? And um, it might really impact a lot of your understanding about your relationship with God. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you again for this time that we can meet together, and we just ask for A special blessing, Lord, for all who are listening, that your Holy Spirit would teach us and help us, Lord, to understand why you call us sheep. Teach us, Lord, on ways that we can improve our relationship. The improvements have to be done on our part because you are perfect, you are holy. So help us, O God, as we approach tonight into your word, and give us a blessing. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. We are sheep in God's flock. This spring, um, I saw something in an announcement on uh, the internet that really, really shocked me. Um, it had to do with the restaurant, fast food restaurant franchise called Arby's. I'm sure you're familiar with the their roast beef establishment. Um They're making a major change in their menu. This change is viewed by many as a real challenge. And some, as they've talked about this, and as I've researched this, listening to different views on this, some say that this could easily backfire and really hurt the restaurant change. Others say, no, this is going to be something that's going to push us forward. Whatever is going to happen, let me tell you what the change is. They're going to start to feature lamb on their menus across the United States. Yep, you heard me right. The roast beef king is now going to serve lamb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And according to the USDA, lamb is not a popular choice in America. I went and researched this myself to see how Americans seem to like lamb. Um, As a kid, I never ate lamb. I've eaten it since many times, Uh, particularly when I go to uh, Israel, I eat lamb. Um, but it's a tough sell. United States, most people consume poultry. That, that is our, our largest um, of the meats that we eat. The largest amounts that we eat are poultry. Um, U.S. per capita consumption is 107.5 pounds of poultry. That's, that's a lot. You know, that's chicken, quail, turkey, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Beef only makes up 55.2 uh, pounds per capita. And pork is very close to that. It's 50.1. Lamb. (laughs) Lamb is so low. It's 0.9 pounds of lamb um, in the United States per capita consumption. They just, we just don't eat lamb. Veal is even less than that. You go to Europe or something. I remember cooking with veal and stuff in in cooking school. But um, 0.2 pounds. I mean, that's, that's nothing. (laughs) We just, we don't do that. Now, I am including in this lamb mutton um, because that's how the USDA um, uh, combines these two together. So um, also in a news article I found in researching this on this decision about Arby's doing this, um, I'm just going to quote this. Lamb is the oldest domesticated meat, but it's never quite tickled the American palate. It has long been regulated to the occasional splurge at steakhouses or as kebabs at Greek diners. Only half of the population have even tried it. 13% flat-out hate it, according to Claire Connigan, um data essential group manager, who says that it's often perceived as dry and even gamey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unquote there. Wow, yeah, people generally don't like in this country like lamb, so that's why this is really shocking. You know, we we do think Americans don't like lamb. I mean, it's a pretty much of a fact when you look at the stats. Though, if you go anyplace else in the world, lamb seems to be very popular. It's just here in the, in this country, it's not. Um, part of that is probably due to the fact that we do not raise a lot of lambs here in this country. We are more of a poultry, cattle, and pork country. Yep, I mean, that's just the way it is. Travel across the country, that's a lot of times what you mostly see. Though Though you do on occasion, um, even close to uh, here in Northwoods, there's a couple little ranches that have uh, a few lambs on them. You do find it, but yeah, it's very rare. It's also due to the fact that most Americans know very little about sheep. I mean, if you go around and you ask questions about uh, people's knowledge of sheep, you don't find out that we that, that we know a lot about it. We have a tendency of knowing very little about them outside of our bedtime tales and um, fairy tales and stuff. We, we seem to know those, but we really don't know that. And most people I know today have very little knowledge of these creatures. So... To answer the question of why God calls us sheep, we need to go back and take a look and see what sheep are like. You know, this this leads us to a problem. God actually refers to us in Scripture frequently, frequently, as sheep. And He uses sheep in so many illustrations as well. For, for instance, um, Psalm 100, verse 3, very popular, very well-known son says... Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I mean, that's even a kid's song that we sing. So it goes that to really understand what God is telling us and what it means to be sheep in God's flock, we must have some knowledge of sheep and what they're like. I think the better we understand these animals, the better we will understand what God is telling us. It's just a cultural difference. And this will directly help us relate better to others in the church and to our Lord as well. So what we're going to do for the next few moments here is we're going to take a short class together called Sheep 101, if you will. I'm going to give you 10 facts about sheep that I found from, um, there's uh, many different sites uh, on the internet dealing with uh, sheep associations and sheep organizations, and so I researched a number of these and came across many facts i've I've cut down to ten major facts that we should know about sheep and it will help us to understand why god calls us us uh, calls us sheep and how that can improve our relationship by us understanding them first number one of ten sheep are very social animals. You see this on almost every single website. They will say that. And if you've even watch sheep for a while, you will see they're very, very social animals. People are pretty much, in most cases, social animals too. Two, sheep are best known for their strong flocking or herding instinct. Yes, that is an instinct. They don't get taught this. This is something that they just are born with. A very, very strong herding instinct. Third, Sheep have a strong instinct to follow the sheep in front of them. Sheep are sort of crazy, I have found out, and as I researched a lot of things about this, I have found that sheep will sometimes do the most amazing and strange things. When one sheep decides to go in one direction, going somewhere, wherever, the rest of the flock usually follows it. As the flock is, try and illustrate this in in your minds here. you got a a bunch of sheep, maybe a hundred or so, maybe even a thousand sheep, all flock together. They're all together. As one sheep goes off on its own, the others will start to follow it. Even, Even if it's not a good decision, they will follow it. Let me give you an example of this. Sheep will follow other sheep to the slaughter. This flocking and following instinct of sheep is so strong that it actually caused the death of 400 sheep back in 2006 in eastern Turkey. What happened was a large herd of sheep followed one. One sheep went off walking and started to walk and it walked over to a ravine, a a very deep, over 15 meters down. um, That's quite a a depth. It was a cliff, if you will. And one went off, and then the other went off, and then the other. They just literally kept falling and following each sheep in front of it on its demise going down. Now, the whole herd basically went down like that um, and and plunged to their death. How crazy. Or or here's another one I came across in the news. Back in 2005, one uh, sheep decided to jump over a cliff, enticing nearly 1,500 other sheep to follow. Luckily, only the first 450 were actually killed. The remaining of the animals were uh, cushioned by the dead animals underneath them, and thus survived. But 450 sheep died. That is a strong instinct to follow. And, you know, people, I mean, I'll say it. Some people just follow others to destruction so easily. Yeah, God really hit it right when he calls a sheep. Number four, sheep tracks are never straight. They're never straight. They walk in strange patterns. In the Middle East, uh, in Israel in particular, I love in the Judean wilderness um, to walk around out there in the vast wilderness because you can actually see century-old, thousands of years old, uh, sheep trails on the sides of these hills and stuff. And the thing is, they're all over the place. They don't walk in straight lines and on the same path all the time. Fifth, sheep have excellent hearing. They can amplify, they can pinpoint sounds with their ears. In fact, sounds arrive at each ear at different times, and the sheep are frightened by sudden loud noises. If someone yells or a dog barks, it startles a sheep. To minimize the stress, shepherds generally speak in a quiet and calm Voice. I witnessed this in Israel, watching boys, or sometimes it was adults, moving sheep, and they were always talking calm and quiet. I just thought at first that that's just the style of the person, but now I have grown to find out that's why, or that's how shepherds are to keep control of their sheep. Number six, touching is very important to the interaction between sheep. Sheep like to be touched. They'll bump in. They'll touch each other. They they really have this craving for touching. Number seven, sheep have excellent memories. These are animals that do remember things. Number eight, sheep have an amazing tolerance for pain. Now, some animals do not, and some people, do not handle pain very well at all, particularly little kids uh, get the uh, you know a, the tiniest little sliver or the tiniest little paper cut and it's like you know call for ambulances and alert the ER. Um, they're screaming so much. Uh, sheep have a very high tolerance for pain. Some people have that too. Mm. Number nine uh, uh, this one <laughs> really cracked me up but it's true I, I researched this and this is true. a sheep that has rolled over on its back is called a cast sheep. It may not be able to get up without assistance. Yes, you see, this is terrible. For sheep farmers, they know all about this. A cast sheep can become distressed and die within a short period of time if... They're not rolled back into a normal position. And even when they do roll them back and get them up on their feet, sometimes shepherds have to sort of support them for a couple of minutes to ensure the sheep that they're steady again. The most bizarre thing. That's what a cast sheep is. So don't tip a sheep over. And (laughs) number 10, uh, last of the facts I'm going to give you on this, Sheep have no depth perception, no depth perception. So shadows, dark surfaces, water out on a field or whatever like that, uh, those are all major issues for sheep. They just can't get the depth perception, and so they get frightened very easily. Now, there's other facts that I could give you about sheep, but having those ten, I think we now have a better understanding of sheep, and we can better understand ourselves and why Jesus spoke to us as sheep in John chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to look at John chapter 10 now. What we're going to do is we're going to run through this chapter, um, sections of verses in this chapter, and examine parts of John 10. And in doing this, we're going to see who we are in Christ as sheep. So... There's there's 30 verses here. We're going to take certain sections on when they mention sheep and take a look at them, and then we'll talk about those briefly. So to begin with, I want to look at the first three verses of this chapter of John 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him... The gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Those verses tell us some things that we just saw about sheep, we just learned about. Sheep have a very good memory, and they recognize the voice of a shepherd. So the voice of a shepherd is there. They don't have as much fear. They're more calm. Sheep are calm, When a person also comes into the pen through the doorway. But if a person climbs over the wall, just that action alone is something that's new to them, and that will frighten them because they have the memory of the door is how people come in. For something else to come in over the wall, that's that's unusual. Sheep will get frightened by that. Now, everybody at the time of Christ, because remember, Jesus is speaking to a bunch of agricultural people, the Hebrew people, the the Jews, um, and they know about sheep. So as Jesus is teaching this, they know about sheep. We're having to do this because in this country, we don't know much about sheep. But what Jesus is saying should have been so obvious to them. And us, we many times read this, this chapter and we don't quite understand it, but this gives us more perception now. Even if a shepherd climbs in over the wall, it will scare a sheep. It will scare the sheep. Isn't that amazing? So what can we learn from that part right there of these first three verses in this chapter? Today, there are a lot of false prophets and gurus, if you will, that are out there teaching a message that is different from God's. They teach that there is many ways to obtain eternal life. Unfortunately, many people have been led astray by their friendly and sweet-sounding message. We need to be weary, like sheep. Jesus even calls these predators wolves. In this chapter, he refers to the these um, these wolves attacking and you know um, hurting the flock of sheep. Even Paul spoke about wolves. If you go to the book of um, uh, Acts. Um, when Paul was writing um, to the flock and in, uh, in talking to the, um, about uh, the flock of the church in Ephesus, he uh, spoke about wolves attacking the flock in Ephesus. In Jack's chapter 20, verses 29 through 30, he says, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock And from among your own cells will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. You see, those are wolves. And we must be weary and cautious to be able to recognize wolves. We do that by listening to the comforting voice of our shepherd, Jesus Christ. Now how do we do that today? We do that by daily Bible study. Remember what Paul wrote to the Corinthians and Clo- I'm sorry to the Colossians in Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition according to the elemental spirits of the world and not not according to Christ. So we have to be careful. Wolves abound all around us today. Okay, let's go to verse 4 and 5 of uh, chapter 10 of John and see what the next part is. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. As I said in the teaching part about sheep, Sheep naturally follow each other. That's part of it. They have an instinct to herd and will follow the shepherd when they recognize the shepherd's voice. The shepherd does not drive sheep like you would drive cattle, but talks to them in a calm voice, and they follow. I remember the first time I ever went to Israel and riding on a bus through the countryside. I was looking out the windows and I saw many times flocks of sheep. And one thing that caught my attention right away was how many of the shepherds were walking and the sheep were basically behind him. And I've seen it. I've witnessed it a little bit more. Uh, When I was at uh, Beth Shemesh, there was a, a shepherd Walking at the, at the base of the tell, the, the archaeological dig, he was walking, and he had a group of sheep, and the sheep just were just following him along. And I was like, wow, that is just like what Jesus talks about in John 10. Yep, they'll turn away from a stranger. So again, what do we learn from this? We need to follow, closely follow what God says. If you want to grow spiritually, really you really need to study your Bible. You really need to get fed by the word. And you need to talk to God. Now, some of you are sitting out here, maybe listening to me right now, and they're like, you know, I really don't know how to study the Bible. I've never had a real class on how to study the Bible. I was in the same way. I even went to a Christian university for four years. They they had us do Bible classes and stuff. It was part of our requirements for graduation, but they never taught us how to study the Bible. So if you need some help with this please give me a call or come down and see me in the nature center email me talk to me facebook me or whatever because um, I can. one of the things that I teach here at Fort I teach, the, have taught the college students for years are methods of doing bible study and it's something that we really need some help on it seems like at times one tip I'll tell you right now um, since we're on it I'll just tell you a really simple tip right now First of all, please understand, you do not need to read a chapter of the Bible every single day. And there's no law saying that you have to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation um, straight through. There are no laws saying that. Sometimes, in all honesty, I will spend a week on just understanding and dissecting just one verse or one paragraph. But to help you to understand your Bible a little better, Here's a really quick little trick you can do. It's not original. None of these lessons I teach are original. They're just ways of doing Bible study. But to find the, um, well, it's called the five W's in the H. Find, as you read a passage, find the who, what, when, where, why, and how. Just look for those things right there, and it will deepen your understanding of Scripture. Yes, really, truly, just doing this, Looking for the who, what, when, why, where, and how will help you understand what God is telling you better. And it's a simple thing. Many times when I'm um, traveling or um, at different universities or schools and I'm I'm speaking, um, people have many times come up and and have asked me, how do I do a Bible study better? I don't know how to really do a Bible study. This is usually what I tell them. and In just a few seconds, I can tell them the five W's and the H and If they will take that, they will start improving their Bible study. Mm -hmm. Let's move on. John 6, uh, chapter 10, verses 6 through 8. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door to the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. As I said, sheep get frightened by sounds, particularly sounds they're not familiar familiar with or familiar to. They will not listen to a stranger who approaches them. And just as sheep do not listen to the sounds that they're not familiar with, we should not listen to sounds that are contrary to what God says. We must listen only to God. Jesus' words give us the answer for living. Continuing, verse 11 um, through verse 13. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Now, remember I told you sheep are social animals. Told you too, if they get scattered, a lone sheep will go off by itself and lead others, but they can also, when they go off, they get picked off by the predators very easily. That's one reason why sheep have this herding instinct that God gave them to stay together when they get scared. Because if one is off by itself, it's doomed. So what can we learn from that? As with sheep, we need a flock to help us. Just as sheep are social animals and require others to actually uh, be with them to stay healthy, a lone sheep, which can get stressed and ill, is in the flock. It will remain healthy, but uh, if if it's out by itself, it won't. You see, our flock today is the church. Going to church helps us to stay spiritually healthy. You know, there's this, an old saying that says, "United we stand, divided we fall." This is true of sheep, and this is true of us. We are prone to fail, not by being part um, of a church than if we are on our own. We will fall much more easily by ourselves. The body of the church helps us just as sheep are helping each other in the flock. There's strength in numbers, and as sheep help each other, our Christian friends, being sheep, we all help each other. Continuing John ten fourteen. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. There's a very close relationship between sheep and their shepherd. They become accustomed to his voice and his presence. The shepherd and the sheep have a very close personal relationship. Now, what does this mean for us? We need this too with Jesus, the good shepherd. Being in a personal relationship with Jesus is the definition of true Christianity. We know Jesus, and we can know the Father because of him. Jesus sacrificed his life to save you in a similar way as a shepherd lays down his life to save a sheep. And the last verse I'm going to hit in John 10 here is, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Remember I said, sheep have excellent hearing. Though they can't really see too well, depth perception in particular, they have very good, excellent uh, hearing senses. They can detect individual sounds very easily. And their hearing range is much wider than ours. So what do we learn by this? Like sheep, to know and follow the shepherd, we Christians know and follow Jesus by studying his word. And folks, just don't read it like you're reading a novel. As we learn, take what's in Scripture, look deeply into it, and then assimilate it into your life. Let the Holy Spirit do spiritual surgery on you in areas that need to be mended. That's how we're like sheep. Father God, we thank you for this time, and hopefully now all of us understand a little bit better of why you call us sheep so often. We are like sheep. In so many ways, we are so similar. So in this, Lord, I pray that you, your Spirit actually teaches all who are listening right now, Lord, that we deepen our relationship with you. We take changes in our lives. We begin things, starting tonight, to deepen our relationship forever with you. So bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.